Hey there, welcome to Twang of Blues. I am your host, Dennis Huntley, and this is a special edition of Twang of Blues we're going to call the Twang Saloon. From time to time, I'm going to sit down with a guest host, their playlist, and a little chit-chat. The first guest to the Twang Saloon is Greg Shannon. Greg has been in broadcasting for the last 30 years, and I've known him for about that long. He was very patient through the episode, considering the quality of equipment used is probably not what he is used to. But it worked out, and we still had a good time. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these special episodes. But for now, let's get started and head into the Twang Saloon with Greg Shannon. Hello, Greg. Dennis, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for joining me, Greg. Well, not a problem. It's pretty exciting. And uh, just my compliments on the evolution of the Twang and Blues podcast It's or radio show or whatever the hell it is. It sounds good. Well, thanks, Greg. I appreciate that. And yeah, I would say it was a radio show, you know, minus the radio part. And Greg, by the way, you are the most famous person I've ever interviewed on Twang and Blues and my first. So first and most famous and also a guinea pig, correct? <laughs> yes, uh, also a guinea pig. I'm patient zero. <laughs> and patient zero. Guinea pig and patient zero. So today, uh, we have a few songs we're going to play. We're going to talk about uh, how we've known each other for the past 30 years, since 1988. 30 years? Is that really for real? Okay, so we I graduated high school in 85. I graduated ag school in 87. Then I went right to broadcasting school and so I would have had my first job in St. Paul in 88. And I was going to ask you if that was your first job. That was kind of my first job out of Fort Nelson. Mine was in Fort Nelson at CFNL Radio. Yeah, CHLW St. Paul, my very first job. And uh, had to have numerous roommates to survive. Not that I didn't like you or anything, but you were kind of essential. And uh... Same here. Actually, I still, I still owe rent money. And the, the first place I rented was in a place across from the UFO landing pad. Right. A landmark to be sure. And I don't know how I got away with it. I took a trip to Fort Nelson and I used the rent money I collected from my roommates at the time to finance that trip. So have you ever paid your roommates back? No. No. What? what who is this? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I haven't. I still owe them probably 400 bucks. Which roommates? Was that like, that wasn't me. No, I think the first time I lived with you and Kevin was in an apartment. And before that, I was in this really, really old house. Like, it was super old. And I think they tore it down. Before Kevin came into our apartment, he was living in a house, a really old house. And he had to keep his shoes on to shower because that's how <laughs> nasty the facilities were. All right. Maybe that was, maybe we were roommates first. Could be. I can't remember much of those days, to be honest with you, man. Well, yeah, no, me neither, but uh, I'm still going to ask you a few more questions about those times later in the show, uh, but first we're going to play a couple of tunes here. You brought along a playlist as guest host, and a couple of those songs are with Russell DeCarl, first as the lead singer of Prairie Oyster, and then uh, some solo work. Lead singer, yep, and uh, band, I don't know if he's the band leader, but uh, I have a bromance with him. I got a man crush on him, I got to be honest with you. One of the coolest guys. We grew up in the era of the the Big Woods and the, and the uh, Burt Reynolds and all those kind of actor guys. And when I met Russell DeCarl in Toronto when I used to do a radio show out there, I just thought, this guy is larger than life. He's just cooler than cool. He's like the Fonz. If the Fonz was a musician and uh, had red hair, 
he'd be Russell DeCarl. And he has that style and red hair, doesn't he? He has that uh, Elvis hair. He's got Elvis hair and he's got Elvis vibes. He's just got a ton of charisma and a lot of talent. I mean, there's no voice like his. And that band was tight. And they made some incredible music. And they reigned supreme over the CCMAs back in the day, the Canadian Country Music Awards. And uh, the show that I used to do called Craven A Today's Country was sponsored by Craven A Cigarettes. 93 to 95, we did that show. And part of the gag was is that because we sponsored the CCMAs, they leveraged me and my co-host Sharon onto the award show to present these awards. And I remember the first time going up there on this big stage on the live award show on CTV, looking down in the audience, and I'm looking right at Russell DeCarl, and I panicked. <laughs> I panicked. Like, I, didn't, I forgot all my lines. They're on the teleprompter, but, you know, who knows how to use a teleprompter? It goes so fast, and, oh, my God, it was a debacle. But I imagine you made it through. I made it through, and... Uh, the music is still with me today. I still play Prairie Oyster tunes on my radio show, but uh, we don't play this one very often. It's called One Way Track, and if I was going to describe the band Prairie Oyster, I would say imagery and musicianship, and of course, Russell DeCarl on lead vocals, so check this out. Excellent. Here is Prairie Oyster, One Way Track on Twanga Blues.
Walking through the prairie grass A sweet voice in his ear But his belly stumbles through the night And knows there ain't no turning back Every train that leaves a prairie town Is running on a one-way track She woke one morning to a knock on her door Six months to the day He said, I hate to have to bear the news Your son has passed away she was there at the station when the train rolled in, bringing Billy back. Every train that leaves a prairie town is running on a homely track. Every train that leaves a prairie town is running on a homely track. Running on a homely track. Running on a homely track. Thinking of the girl with the golden hair Close my eyes and I see her there Dancing in the moonlight Stars shine on Moving to the music of her own sweet song So far away yet so close to me Ain't that just the way love's supposed to be? Oh, so real in a heart that's true. One look my way makes me lose my blue.
All right, and we're back with Greg Shannon on a special edition of Twang of Blues, the Twang Saloon. Hey, that was a pretty good groove, eh? Yeah, I, actually, I haven't listened to a lot of Russell's uh, new stuff, which, by the way, that was Russell DeCarl and the, go- the girl with the golden hair. Yeah, and it wasn't Solo. too new. It was actually from 2010. The record was called Under the Big, Big Sky, and uh, Keith Glass, formerly of Prairie Oyster, played electric guitar on that track as well. Right, and you've interviewed Russell a few times, haven't you? I heard one... One of your podcasts, which we'll talk about later, uh, that country show, or was it the It's a Show? Where did you interview Russell? Uh, you know, if I wow. did, it was probably It's a Show. Uh, I can't remember, but I've I have talked to him a few times, and I've had the whole band on, and the band because they were so great at playing music and so legendary, it was a daunting task because I was such a young disc jockey when I had that syndicated show, and it was in front of a live studio audience, and we had our own house band, and it was a big kind of deal back then. Yeah, let, and let, let's talk about that, too. Uh, uh, what was it called, Craven A? Today's Country. Today's Country, right, from 93, 95, and that was late night. I remember that's when I first, you know, it's so easy to lose touch without Facebook and all this social media. So I moved away from St. Paul in whatever, 89 or something, and I'm listening to the radio on one of my drives, and holy moly, there's Greg Shannon. I know that guy. <laughs> I know, and it, I've connected and reconnected with more friends who... Most people know me from the CMT request line show, but the people who don't know me from today's country and and uh, it was really big in the East Coast because there were such fans of music and pure music. And we tried to offer this unedited raw music show. And uh, of course, it was edited and everything, but we tried to not do it too much. And I really wish I knew then what I know now, because I would have been a much better host and stayed out of the way a little bit more in the interviews because Back in the day, you know how we were trained in radio school. It was make sure you get the punchline in on the end before you hit the post. 
So I was always thinking, trying to think, okay, what's my next funny line in this interview instead of just paying attention and enjoying the conversation with these incredibly talented people? And yet, uh, one in particular, I mean, you interviewed a lot of people, but one that stuck out because he was big at the time was you had Garth Brooks on there. What was he like? The thing about Garth that blew my mind is when he sees you, I interviewed him once, and then again a year and a half later, and he said, how's Teresa? How's the girls? How? What's going on? You know, And I surmise he gets the record guys to fill him in, the local record rep or whatever, to fill him in on who he's talking to next. But he's pretty good at the illusion. Well, I'm sure he still, he may need to be reminded, but he probably remembers once he's reminded. Well, I'm sure it's genuine as genuine it could be. Oh, he's very genuine and and just a superlative talent. Uh, Suffice to say, when you're sitting next to Garth Brooks, knee to knee on a couple of stools, just holding a a microphone and, and having a conversation, it takes care of itself because he's so talented that it just, the interview is on autopilot. You don't have to do much because he's just so generous and he helps you along, and, and it was probably... And I won a New York Festival International Radio Award with our team from Today's Country for that interview. So, And it, it was an unexpected interview. He was supposed to come by, say hi to our live studio audience, and then leave. And it, he ended up staying, liking what he was hearing and, and experiencing in our studio. And uh, he stayed for like 25 minutes, and he actually played a medley of his songs. Because we bought a guitar. We were kind of clever. We booked a couple of the songwriters, Victoria Shaw, Bob DePiro, and Pat Alger, who he had written some of his biggest hits with, and they were in the green room when he arrived, so he felt like it was old home week. And then when he got on the stage, there was just the two stools where we sat for the interview, but right in his eye line on the left side of the stage, a uh, Takamini guitar that we had purchased, it was in a stand just sitting there, and I said, Garth, towards the end of the interview, I said, Garth, you know, we got this guitar that... We were hoping that you could sign so that future aspiring stars like you could play it and have a guitar in their hands that Garth Brooks signed. And he said, y'all don't want me to play it? And the whole 250-seat studio audience went bananas. They went crazy. And so he picked it up and he played a medley of his hits right there and and just blew us all away. And sadly, we're not playing any Garth Brooks on Twang and Blues right now. (laughs) What What song would you pick? Because honestly, I haven't played any on Twang and Blues. And I don't know why. I like Garth. Yeah, I mean, the guy, it's countless amazing songs, and I, I have an autographed box set downstairs that I just dug out of a box yesterday, coincidentally. And, uh, yeah, so I would say, I like it when he teams up with the old guys and stuff like uh, Beer Run with George Jones. B-double-E-double-R-U-N. Like that, that, that kind of, I get a kick out of that kind of stuff. And, of course, if you're going to play one song, I'm going to say, and you don't want a ballad, I'm going to say it's got to be Friends in Low Places. So let's do that, Greg. Okay, let's do it. Here's Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. Blame it all on my roots I showed up in boots And ruined your blind tie affair The last one to know The last one to show I was the last one you thought you'd see there And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes When I took his glass of champagne And I toasted you said, honey, we may be thrilled But you'll never hear me complain 
Slip on down to the oasis So I've got a friend In love, they say I was wrong I just don't belong Then I've been there before Everything's alright I'll just say goodnight And I'll show myself to the door Hey, I didn't mean To cause a big scene Just give me an hour And then I'll be as high as that ivory tower that you're living in. Cause I got friends in all places where the whiskey drowns and the beer takes my blues away. Slip on down to the oasis So I've got a friend In love, they say back in the saloon with Craig Shannon. So it was pretty cool to find you uh, on the radio, on a syndicated radio show back in the day in the early 90s when I heard you on Craven A Today Country. And the same thing happened one day when I was watching CMT. All of a sudden, there you are on the request hour. So how'd that, how'd that happen? When I smelt today's country ending, I immediately sprung into action and I made a call to Casey Clark, who was a disc jockey at the time, but he was just named the music director of CMT. 
and I read in the trades magazines because the internet wasn't really a thing back then too much. It was in its infancy. But I had seen on the trade publications, the record and RPM that CMT was going to hire personalities and start having shows. And so I reached out, made a cold call to Casey Clark, and I said, I'm a disc jockey, but I think I could do TV. I'm in Toronto now doing this show, but I'm not sure how long it's going to last. So when you guys do auditions for hosts, I'd like to be included if that's cool. And Casey was great, very gracious. He said, sure, man, no problem at all. And, and just to interject, Casey, of course, is in Kelowna here where I live. And the morning guy at the uh, country station here. Yeah, and we work for the same company, uh, Stingray Communications. So then I get charged with flying to Nashville to interview Terry Clark at her house. And these were going to be the video for this interview was going to be used as a, a pack that played during the CCMA Awards that year. And so it was the middle of summer, super hot, crazy hot, muggy in Nashville. And I'm sick as a dog. So I fly down there and I con the camera crew. That was with me. I say, okay, I need a demo for CMT. Can you shoot it for me when we're done this interview? And they, oh, I don't know, man. We got to catch the plane, whatever. So we go down there. We finish up the Terry Clark stuff, and I'm just exhausted. I'm dripping with sweat. We go back by the CMA, the Hall of Fame in Nashville, and I do a quick stand-up, and I'd never done television before, and I go, hi, this is Greg Shannon. Uh, this is the Hall of Fame behind me, and uh, this is where all the stars are, and uh, it's really good and uh, very cool in there and you're there watching cmt country music television so then my buddy terry bumgarner who was working at tnn country news at the time check this out you want to hear something funny guess what james garner the actor james rockford's real last name was bumgarner james bumgarner was my buddy terry's uncle no, shut the front door. Yeah, so I was blown away. Terry was a great guy, and he helped me out as much as he could all the time. And Terry told me, go to this dubbing facility, and they'll get, because back in the day, everything was shot on beta cam, the big, chunky beta tapes. So I ran to this dubbing facility. I said, here's the tape. And meanwhile, the guys are getting peeved because we got to get to the airport and catch our flight back to Toronto. So I ran the whole th way. It was like six blocks. I ran the whole thing to this dubbing facility. Give them the tape. They dub it over. They give me the VHS. I put a label on it. I fill out a FedEx thing to send it to Calgary, to CMT. Boom, get back on the plane, go to Toronto. And But as a precursor to this whole moment, there was a deadline because Casey forgot to phone me. And I phoned him. I said, I saw the ad in the record and it says, CMT about to launch all their new shows. Most of the hosts are hired and everything. So I phoned there and I said, what's going on, Casey? He goes, oh my God, I forgot to phone you, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if he forgot or he forgot. I don't know to this day. But anyway, I get back to Toronto and I make the phone call the next morning. And I, I asked for Ted Kennedy, the program director. And he said, oh, Greg, well, we're all done hiring, so... That's not a thing. And I said, and he said, I saw your tape and uh, I've got a few concerns. I said, yeah, I know it was horrible. I was sick. I, it's not my thing. I, I rushed it and everything. But I said, if I can get in front of you, I know I could get a gig on CMT. And he said, well, we're not, we're done interviewing people. And I said, I will be on a plane and I can be there in 24 hours. And he said, no, we're not. We have no budget for airfare. We've flown everybody in. I said, I'll pay for my own ticket. So I paid for my own flight. Went down to Calgary, met with Ted. I auditioned for the CMT Beat, which was uh, hosting the news at the top and bottom of the hour with country music news. That's what they used to have on the network. And he said, can you stay overnight? Because I've got something else 
in mind for you. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll stay overnight. And so I stayed with my buddy Brian, who actually sucked me into radio in the first place. We went to high school together in, in Clavette, Saskatchewan. And I came back and I auditioned and I got the, CMT, the host of the CMT request line nationwide call-in request show. And uh, next thing you know, moving the entire family from Toronto to Calgary, relocating and starting my career as a TV host, which lasted an amazing, enduring two years. Still got my high school jacket, still got my high school ring. Tucked in the corner of my wallet is a tattered photo of the king. Yet I I saw a star burn out last night South of Cryer's Paradise Yes, I did I got stumbling blind ambition Couple of cards I haven't played I got a gambler's intuition I know when I stay too late Yet I
be no weenie rose. Now this time it's gonna be a eight rose. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. I've always been the kind of man who doesn't believe in strings. Long-term obligations are just unnecessary things. But girl, you've got me thinking while I'm drinking one more beer. If I'm headed for a heartache, then why the hell am I still here? I'm testing my resistance, and it's wearing mighty thin. I've got the feeling I should leave before the roof caves in. My mind tells me to move along, but my body begs me stay. And now I feel the need to hold you close and love the night away while you're turning me every which way but lose. Inside the fire's burning me In my mind you just keep turning me Every which way but lose Baby there's no excuse to turn me Every which way but lose When the sun comes up in the morning It should find me someplace new But right this minute All I want is to lay here next to you Those memories still keep calling me From somewhere in my past Better hurry if they want me Cause I can feel me fading fast while you're turning me Every which way but lose You turn me Every which way but lose Inside the fire's burning me In my mind you just keep turning me Every which way but lose Baby there's no excuse To turn me Playing tunes and chit-chatting with Greg Shannon in the Twang Saloon. So back to CMT for a bit. It sounds like you had a really good time there. It was a good ride. We had a skeleton crew. We had Jason Belleville was my producer. Ned Demich was the camera guy. And Janine was the part-time call screener. And Ned Demich lied on his resume and said he was a, a big-time cameraman. He had worked the camera before in his high school in Wetaskiwin. Uh, so, and then he was a butcher, so he was a butcher by trade and uh, lied on the application. So he reminded me a lot of you, Dennis, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, I think. And I always, I always describe Ned as the Kramer of Canada. He was just a character. And behind the scenes, how it would work on the request line is... We would tape a day ahead. So because it wasn't live, it was all taped. And people would call. And we'd use the people's calls from Friday to shoot the Monday show. Monday's calls to shoot the Tuesday show, et cetera, et cetera. 
yeah, we would just brainstorm. We'd get the request off of the fax or off of the phone, and then we'd take two seconds of brainstorm. What's something funny about this? And and we'd collaborate real quick, and then we'd pull off this ad lib, and it went to tape, and little editing, and it went uh, nationwide every week. It wasn't scripted before. You just It was just all done in the moment. All done in the moment. First year, the set looked like something from Wayne's World. It was kind of like my basement, and I had a desk, and a, my 8-track stereo was on there, which I got autographed by all the stars. I still have it today. It's the Dixie Chicks and, and Julian Austin and Dwayne Steele and all the names from back in the day. Yeah, and then we had a fax tube, which was a piece of PVC pipe on the corner of the set. And then when I'd say, and now, how about a fax? And I put my hand over and I grabbed the fax, but it was Janine, the call screener, who took a break from taking calls. She'd run around the back of the set, stand on a step step ladder, and drop the rolled up fax down the tube. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. It was a great show. It was super fun to do. We had a blast. Enough about me, a little about you. You said you wanted to be Johnny Fever. We all wanted to be Johnny Fever at one point in time in our career because he was the coolest disc jockey on the planet. Johnny Fever reminds me of a song by Mark Germino that I wanted to play on this show called Rex Bob Lowenstein. Yeah, so I was looking up that song. I looked up the songs that he sent, and uh, yeah, I like that one. It's about a DJ that was uh, rebelling against the man. Yeah, he'd play Madonna, and then Hank Snow right after Madonna. He locked himself in the control room and played whatever he wants because he just had enough. And if you've never seen the classic radio movie FM, you got to dig it up. And it's about Q-Sky FM in Los Angeles where they never come down to earth. And same thing happens. They corporate take over a, a giant corporation, faceless corporation takes over this amazing radio station. And they don't want that to happen. So they protest and they chain themselves to the station and the whole thing. It's classic. Well, I tell you what, we should play that one. You are listening to Greg Shannon along here with me, Dennis Huntley, on Twang of Blues and a special edition of Twang of Blues, Twang Saloon. Here is Mark Gimino, Rex Rob Lowenstein. There's a disc jockey in Hartlandburg who works at W-A-N-T He puts two or three eggs in him Then he's in your car by 6 a.m. He lives for his job and he accepts his pay You can call and request lay, 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 lay He'll play Stanley Jordan, the dead little feet And he'll even play the band from the college down the street And his name is Rex Bob Lowenstein He's 47 going on 16 His request line's open But he'll tell you where to go If you're dumb enough to ask him Why he plays Hank Snow Well, he tries to keep his talking to a minimum He's a Democrat, he's a Republican He's an ad man with a great voice, say some But when he spins those records, he's neither one He'll talk to the truckers on the interstate strip 
The housewife and the car dealership When his second wife left him for a paper millionaire He cried unashamedly right on the air And his name is Rex Bobolo in the steam He's 47 going on 16 His request line's open but he makes no bones About why he plays Madonna after George Jones Station to a restaurant booth. His pitch was simple you'll increase your sales if you only play the song list we send in the mail. He guaranteed a larger audience, less confusion, and higher points. But your drive time jock won't get to do his thing. Hey, he's not half bad. Tell me what's his name? Well, his name is. Rex Lowenstein. He's frequently heard, but he's seldom seen. His formula's simple and his format's big. I just play it, then you call and tell me what you did. David saw Lowenstein quit his job a week later, but before he'd leave, he locked and bolted the control room door and played smash or trash till they cut him on the floor. Where they drug him into court and the judge said, Rex, I gotta lock you up for what I'm not sure yet. But your boss here says he thinks you're wrapped too tight But by the way, thanks for playing Moon River last night And his name is Rex Bob Lowenstein He's a frame and bell inside a tambourine And he could play it all if he was just set free just to find what the people W-A-N-T 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 Welcome back to the Twang Saloon, special edition of Twang of Blues. We're sitting here with Greg Shannon. And Greg, you are currently... On the morning show at the legendary CFCW, they have been around forever. They're in uh, Alberta, broadcasting out of Edmonton right now, I believe. And I think they even bought their first equipment from Marconi. Pretty much, 1954, and uh, we're celebrating our 65th year. And the only reason, I was on a radio for about three and a half years working at Red Deer College in a fund development role, raising money for the college. And I was kind of done with radio. I burnt out on it after 25, six years or whatever. And uh, yeah, the only thing that 
made me come back was CFCW. It's a legendary station. The listeners are incredible. They hang on your words. If you say, hey, there's a great sale tomorrow at the grocery store, they'll go buy everything at that grocery store tomorrow because they believe in us, they trust us, and uh, they know we're going to jack around and have a bunch of fun. You mentioned you were out of radio for a while. What was it like to be a civilian for a few years? Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciated the attention that we got as morning show hosts in Red Deer at, at CKGY, which is another long-running station. And I did the morning show there with uh, Tara Lee. After getting out of radio and you're commuting like a normal person and you're going to work and you got all your different morning routine than we have as radio performers in the morning, because I'm up at 2.45 a.m. and I'm at the station by 4 o'clock and the whole thing and stuff. So I never see traffic or traffic patterns or anything. My commute in Red Deer, because it's the city of 100,000, was a hot 12 minutes. I would hear the same inane banter every morning at the same time on a lot of different stations. And for those people to keep their ear on our morning show at KG Country 95.5 for so long, I just realized how devoted they were and how special that was. You know, lightning in a bottle that we had at that station. Very proud of that show. We won five CCMA awards uh, nationally as the morning show of the year for media market. And uh, it wasn't hard because the listeners were great and there were so many characters listening. Our idea was put out the welcome mat, let people in, let them know it was a safe space to hang out. We got so much gold on the phones. It was so easy to do that show. It was so much fun. So back to the St. Paul days just for a bit. You know, I don't remember much from those days, but I do remember I was there the first time you met your future wife. At the 7-Eleven in Bonneville, Alberta. And we were we emceed the Miss Eugenia swimwear pageant at Hooters Nightclub in Bonneville. They paid us in drinks. So I am ashamed to say we were hammered. And we went to get one of those hermetically sealed hamburgers that were so delicious back in the day from 7-Eleven. They were in this like foil wrap. And they were just unbelievably delicious and unbelievably horrible the next day. I saw this girl standing behind the counter at the 7-Eleven. And she was just had this incredible posture and she had this look and she raised her eyebrow at us when we came in and that just, oh, she was so sexy and I just wanted to talk to her. So I sidled up to the counter while you morons were busy stealing stuff. Yeah, she really should have called the cops. We weren't really stealing stuff. Well, that shopping cart, but that was it. She had the button under the counter, I found out after the fact, and she almost pushed it to call the cops. But you can thank me for not being arrested that night because I was schmoozing her and I was trying to guess her phone number. And back in the day, they used to have those lottery tickets in the stand on the counter and you would take it and you would use a pencil and you would fill out your numbers in the circles, kind of like those horrible provincial exams we used to take in school. And that was how you did it. So I said, what's the 7-Eleven girl's lucky number? And she said, you want my phone number? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. And she goes, well, you can, if you can guess it, you can have it. So I went through all these combinations and did this whole thing. And finally, I guessed it after a lot of hard work because, you know, you're not dealing with a higher power as far as intellect goes here. I got her phone number and I said, uh, thank you. This is great. And she goes, now, do you want my boyfriend's number? And I'm going, oh, my God, all that for that. I think I remember she did have a boyfriend, didn't she? Yeah, she had a, a cement head boyfriend. And the next morning, we miraculously made it back to our apartment in St. Paul, which was like a 45, 50-minute drive. And uh, next morning, wake up with a skull cramp and everything. And our partner in crime, Kevin Watts, and I said, Kevy, should I call that chick from last night? I think she was uh, hot. And he goes, ah, she had a big hooper. 
I wouldn't call her. I go, what? She had a big ass, he said. And I go, oh, no, I think she was good. It was the 7-Eleven uniform. It flares out. <laughs> and, and so I called her, and I got her mom on the phone, and she was mortified, and he had the boyfriend and everything. So it took me quite a few calls and conversations to get her on board, but uh, we've been beside each other ever since. daddies won the war then they came home to our moms we gave them so much love that all us kids were born we all grew up on mickey mouse and a hula hoops then we all bought bmws and brand new pickup trucks and we watched john kennedy die one afternoon kids of the baby boom was a time of new prosperity in the USA All the fortunate offspring never had to pay We had sympathy for the devil and the Rolling Stones Then we got a little older, we found Haggard and Jones A generation screaming for more room Kids of the baby boom Kids of the baby boom we had freedom, we had money, baby boom. Here in the land of milk and honey, counting our chickens way too soon. Kids of the baby boom. Now we all can run computers and we all can dance. We all have Calvin Klein written on our underpants. And at six o'clock like robots, we turn on the news. Watch those third world countries deal out more abuse. Remember the first man on the moon, kids of the baby boom. Kids of the baby boom, we had freedom, we had money, baby boom. Here in the land of milk and honey, counting our chickens way too soon. Kids of the baby boom. As our lives become a capsule they send to the stars Our children look at us like we came from Mars As the farms disappear and the sky turns black We're a nation full of takers never giving back We never stop to think what we consume Kids of the baby boom Kids of the baby boom we had freedom, we had money, baby boom. Here in the land of milk and honey, counting our chickens way too soon. Kids of the baby boom. Our optimism mingles with the doom. Kids of the baby boom. And we're back with Greg Shannon. I moved around a lot in my 20s when I was in radio, and I think you told me once you moved about 25 times. You know, PTSD was not a term <laughs> back in the day, but looking back on some of the moves we made, and we have four children. At times we had two, then we had three, then we had four. 
and we did all these moves and a lot of the time for example when i moved from toronto from that syndicated show to cmt cmt paid no moving costs for us they paid nothing i made less than half of what i was making in toronto when i moved to calgary to do the glamorous tv show and so yeah we've been through the ringer still together and on top of the stress of all those moves you know it's very common in radio to be fired a few times and i think you mentioned you've been fired about four times uh saskatoon was the first one you never forget your first time so saskatoon Kelowna, and then uh saskatoon Kelowna, and i think edmonton three times right i mean if if i was working for someone right now with this podcast i would have been fired already that's the good thing about working for yourself (laughs) yeah that's right the radio business is a cruel mistress and you have to I started out with no talent. Just you and I are like kindred spirits because we we like to entertain, but we're it's a hard study to get it done. And we just we like the feeling of making people laugh and entertaining people, but it's not a natural gift. So you have to work at it. And all the successes really doesn't just land in your lap. You have to work for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. You got to just keep on keep on giving her creating content and hope people are listening and uh, hoping a little bit better too and you were actually an inspiration to start this podcast i heard your podcast uh i don't know a few years ago and uh, you guys were just having so much fun sound like something i'd wanted to do but wasn't quite sure how to go about it but eventually figured it out and uh, here we are well that's pretty cool man that's cool that we're having this moment because of something that we started but i know you've read this before too it says if you want to accomplish a goal write it down and carry it around with you so i wrote on the back of one of my old cmt business cards i wrote do a weekly podcast and this is while i was doing the morning show in red deer and that was i don't know what years 2007 to 14 or something like that it was i wrote it on the back probably about 2013 do a a regular weekly podcast and put it in my pocket i didn't know how to do a podcast i'm not very good technically i just like doing what i know how to do and uh, so I ended up finally getting my old radio intern, Sparky the intern, who helped me with a morning show that I did here in Edmonton back in the day. And he moved to Red Deer to be a promotions director on a station called Cruise FM. And I said, Spark, do you think we could do this podcast? I don't know how to do it. Can you look it up? Because he was really good at doing research and finding things out in short order, way faster than I was. He comes back and he said, yeah, I think we can do this. So let's do it in my apartment at my kitchen table. And I said, cool and at that point i was so burnt out from corporate radio and you know getting up in the middle of the night and just having no sleep i was just burnt out and peeved at the whole world so we'd go to sparky's house once a week on a tuesday night or whatever we'd sit down and we drink booze and we get this podcast up and going and you know everything was a big adventure oh how do you hook up this and we'd talk about it and everything and we when we figured out how to get a cable from the dollar store and hook up an iPhone so we could record interviews. We're going, oh my God, this is we're the greatest thing since Marconi. This is amazing. And then we started getting guests on and it kind of turned a corner there. Things were going great and I, I loved it because, you know, A, I got to go and just blow off steam and have some drinks with a buddy and do some creative content that wasn't, you know, around commercial stop sets and there was no expectations if we wanted to swear. We tried swearing and all that quickly figured out that wasn't my bag i don't sound great i'm always been kind of a family oriented broadcaster 
you, I still drop an F-bomb once in a while if it's appropriate or whatever, or if it's, the mood strikes me, but it, it's not necessary. And anyway, so we got this thing going, and we called it, and we couldn't think of a name, so we said, well, it's a show. So it's a show podcast. And we figured out, well, Sparky figured out how to get it on iTunes and uh, developed the logo. He had the capability to make the logo and everything. And it went on and on. And then all of a sudden, Sparky found a girl. During one of our episodes, he swiped right on Tinder, and he found a girlfriend. <laughs> right. I remember listening to that episode. Yeah. So Spark found love on the Internet, and he met his beautiful wife, Stephanie. They're married. And as soon as they started courting like a little more seriously, then he really lost interest in hanging out with a, a drunk 50-year-old broadcaster. So uh, <laughs> I can't blame him for that. Sparky, uh, I still owe him, I think, 100 bucks for the board that I'm using right now to talk to you. The the so I got to get that figured out. But uh, Spark, is he was the inspiration and, and the spark plug to get the whole thing going. And we had lots of laughs, lots of fun. And if you listen back to the archives of It's a Show, there were some really cool, magical, relaxed moments where we talked to some pretty cool people. Hey, speaking of cool people, you have a new podcast. How'd that one get started? So my real last name is Schmidt. And... Always wanted to use my last name on the radio because to honor my dad, my late father, who, you know, wasn't crazy about the radio idea off the top. He wanted me to take over the farm, and I just really have no business being on a farm, let alone taking over one. And, uh, yeah, so thought I'd use my real name on that. And it's just my family and I sitting around our home studio here yakking and having some fun and having a cocktail and just talking about things that interest each other. And we just... Put a couple of episodes in the can. It's on SoundCloud. I'd love you to take a listen and see what you think and send me a comment or a message right there on SoundCloud. That'd be awesome. Great. And I'll throw up those links up on the Smiling Beaver Radio Mixcloud and SoundCloud account in the comments underneath this show. Yeah. And, of course, people can hear you every morning, Monday to Friday, on CFCW. 840 CFCW, we're on the Radio uh, Player Canada app, and it sounds like FM stereo, even though it's a Heritage AM radio station. It sounds awesome, and we play everything. We play real country music. We play the best of the best of the old, and we play a bunch of the new stuff too. And it's it's a privilege to sit in that chair every morning. I start the show at 5 a.m. Stella comes on board at 6.30, and she stays on till noon. I'm done at 9 o'clock, and we just... Have a ball talking to people and uh, trying to get them off to a positive start to their day is the main goal. Well, Greg, I have no doubt you do that. And I uh, really appreciate you joining me today. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure reconnecting, and uh, we're going to do big things together. We're going to take over the Internet, however that works. <laughs> That's right. Am I famous yet? <laughs> it's, it's getting closer. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Greg. All right. Have a great night, Dennis. Thanks. You too. And thanks for listening to a special episode of Twang of Blues, the Twang Saloon. We're going to end today's show with one last pick from Greg. Flowers on the wall with the Statler Brothers. You know, I really had a hoot, and I hope you did too. Talk to you next week. I keep hearing you're concerned about my happiness. But all that thought you're giving me is conscience, I guess. If I were walking in your shoes, I wouldn't worry enough. Are you and your friends are worried about me? I'm having lots of fun. Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all. Playing solitaire till dawn with the deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes.
nothing to do. Last night I dressed in tails, pretended I was on the town. As long as I can dream, it's hard to slow the swagger down. So please don't give a thought to me, I'm really doing fine. You can always find me here and having quite a time. Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all. Playing solitaire till dawn with the deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Tell me, I've nothing to do It's good to see you, I must go, I know I look a front Anyway, my eyes are not accustomed to this light And my shoes are not accustomed to this hard concrete So I must go back to my room and make my day complete Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all Playing solitaire till dawn with the deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me I've nothing to do. Don't tell me I've nothing to do.